Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast and thanks for listening. Hey guys, it's Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. This week, we're going over a very interesting topic. We're going to go over my four biggest tips you need to know before adjusting cats. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, iPoint Touch. You get up early each morning, you leave your house because you have a passion in your heart to serve the animals in your community. But it's not easy being an entrepreneur. You didn't dream about this life full of stress. When you come home, you should be at home. When you're at work, you should be at work. You shouldn't have to come home and work. You know, your passion keeps you focused on the next patient. You know, there are so many more stories of healing and you can't wait to get started touching lives and meeting new owners. But, you know, there's not all those endless hours for you to do that admin work. So iPoint Touch understands the passion um, and they want to help create solutions for you. So that way you can make the impossible possible and you can spend time touching lives and not spending endless hours doing admin work. To learn learn a little bit more about their systems for integrative veterinary medicine, go to iPointTouch.com and schedule a time with Carmi. She's going to give you the attention you deserve, offer a guiding hand, and decrease your stress. So that way you can focus on what's important. Hey guys, it's Dr. K with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. In this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about adjusting cats. Adjusting cats can be awesome because they're some of my best patients. However, they can be challenging. And when I initially got started, I asked my mentor, Dr. Giggleman, if you could only adjust one species, what would you adjust? And he said cats. And it initially surprised me. However, now that I'm doing this more, I realize they respond so well to chiropractic care. It's amazing. And many of my colleagues choose not to work on cats, and I can understand why. Um, but I want to invite you to um, try and get out of your comfort zone and work on them because some of my cat patients are my best before and after cases. And a lot of those owners are super thankful to have alternative options because if, if we think about it, cats are super hard to treat. Um, you know, from a vet standpoint, you, it's really hard to shove a pill down their throat. They don't really enjoy getting injections, right? And a lot of them are super finicky eaters. So if you try to change their diet, they just won't eat. So it can be very frustrating for an owner, for a veterinarian, um, to have a lot of these musculoskeletal problems that they just can't treat as effectively as they want to because a cat is a cat, right? It's not like a dog, right? Where you can be sneaky about stuff or you can train stuff out of them. Um, Cats are just really challenging and they actually struggle from a lot of musculoskeletal problems. Consider a cat, an outdoor cat, right? Jumping off of fences and pouncing onto bugs and how active they are, right? It's really no wonder that they have low back pain or, you know, mid back pain from how active they are. So it's also important to consider that, you know, cats don't show their pain. They're super resilient and they hide better than any other animal I've ever known. A lot of pet parents will bring their cat in saying, oh, he just stopped eating one day and he's not really jumping. And that cat's an end stage renal failure, you know, and they had no idea. Like my own cat, for example, Um, I had no idea that she struggled getting in and out of the litter box until she started marking around the house, right? I was like, why in the world is she marking around the house? And then sure enough, I found that um, her litter box, she couldn't get in and out of because it hurt so bad, right? It was a top entry, right? So 
Um, these things we don't think of because cats are so independent, they're so aloof, they show their emotions and their pain differently that animal owners aren't as um, able to understand when their animal is in need of um, treatment. So consider all those variables um, and realize that, you know, these cats do need your help and they're an underserved market and um, they can be challenging, but they're also super rewarding. So in this podcast, I want to talk a little bit more about how to make it the best visit possible for you, the pet and the pet parent owner. Um, I personally like to see cats in their own homes if I can but sometimes I'll see them in vet offices. If you're going to see them in your office or in a vet office, it is important to tell the owner to bring them in an open top carrier. So a lot of these old carriers um, have like a cage and then they have a door on the front. Well, if you consider that the carrier um, has a negative connotation with it and a cat hates being in a carrier, and then you bring them into this vet office where there's loud noises and a lot of weird smells and strangers and all the stress, right? If you open up that carrier door and reach your hand in, the most likely thing a cat that is stressed out is going to do is it's going to reach out and it's going to attack your hand when you're grabbing into its safe space, right? So an open top carrier opens from the top and allows you to grab a cat out of its safe space instead of reaching in to its safe space. A lot of them are taken off guard as well um, because they're so busy on um, their surroundings in front of them because they're looking forward that they forget to look up. So a lot of times you'll catch them off guard and be able to pull them out a lot safer than you are able to reach in and grab them out. Um, So an open top carrier is a good idea. Um, I also recommend that before you get them out of the carrier, um, you close all the doors to the room that you're going to be treating them in. Because the last thing I want is for you to get them out of the carrier, them get away from you, and you have to chase a cat around your office. That would be awful, right? Um, So close all the doors, um, pull the cat out of the open top carrier, and sometimes you can lower the lights a little bit. Um, so that way, um, the, the strong fluorescent lights aren't, um, you know, really, really bright, right? And um, my mentor, Dr. G, will oftentimes take them out of the carrier and put them under his arm. So that way, um, they, he takes away their sight and enables them some time to take an ascent and also to calm down their heart rate um, before he starts working on them. A lot of times, a towel over the surface of the uh, treating table and or over the cat also is super beneficial so they don't feel like they're slipping and sliding around the room. Um, A lot of vet offices I notice as well use a lot of heavy duty cleaners like bleach and cats are actually super sensitive uh, to those heavy duty uh, cleaning agents so I recommend um, not using those right before and or not using those at all around your office especially if you know you're going to have a cat coming in Um, So that way you can minimize um, the amount of odor that's going to be there. So that way they're not overwhelmed by it. Um, And also sometimes I will have a diffuser and I'll use some essential oils um, or some kind of spray um, to make the room smell inviting for the the cat. So that way um, it's more enjoying and um, it's more pleasant for them because it smells like a spa instead of a vet office. Um, I personally like to see them um, as far away from uh, dog patients as possible because then you also don't have the added noise factor. So if you can close all the doors, get rid of a lot of noise, um, turn down the lights, a lot of times it will take away the, the sensory overload from these cats as well. Now, I personally, if I can help it, would much rather see a pet in their own or a cat in their own environment. Um, a house call is preferred because a lot of times when they come into the office, I 
I don't really get a good gauge on if I'm actually helping them. I rely a lot on owner feedback because the cat is not their, themselves when they're at the office or in a carrier. Um, a lot of times they're, you know, frozen in fear. So I don't get an understanding on how they interact or um, what their mood is like or what their, um, you know, their environment is as well unless I do a house call visit. So if you're a house call office, um, seeing cats is super beneficial um, because you're, you're going to see more of them because the, the owner a lot of times can't get them in and out of the carrier because it's so stressful for them. Um, so doing a house call visit for a cat, I do recommend that you try and put them at the beginning of your day so that way you don't have a lot of extra smells on you. You can use some of those essential oils and stuff like that. Um, not a lot of heavy perfume, but some essential oils to make your sm yourself smell inviting. Um, and then... I recommend parking along the street instead of in the driveway so the cat can't hear you click your car and do not ring the doorbell because a lot of times these noises, they know someone is coming to the door, they will run away. So I recommend calling or messaging the owner so that way they know that you've arrived so that way they can plan to put their cat in a safe environment. And what I mean by safe environment is somewhere that is closed off with only one entry exit, so that way the cat cannot get away and can't hide. Um, I've been to several appointments where the cat hid under the bed or hid behind the laundry machine, and it took us 30 minutes to get the cat out um, in order for me to work on it. So it put me behind schedule and it uh, stressed the cat out, so it was not a beneficial appointment. So I recommend if you are doing a house call, you show up, quietly, you tell the owner ahead of time to close them in a space, such as a bathroom, so that way you can go right to the appointment. Now, um, when I'm working on a cat, I personally try to handle them myself. I find the more hands on um, a cat, the worse it goes, um, unless they're a vet tech and they're able to um, hold them appropriately. Um, but if it's the owner, I recommend uh, working with the animal yourself and uh, minimizing conversations so that way you can focus on what you're doing. So um, if you have the cat, you're ready to go, um, I personally say, okay, um, owner, I'm going to work on your animal. Um, I'm going to be present with your cat at this time, and then we can talk about your concerns after or talk about them before and then get to treatment, whatever works best for you. Just say, your cat's not going to enjoy this. It's essentially like we're taking a kid to a dentist. I'm going to, I like to say, I'm going to wrangle your cat. Um, they're probably not going to like it, um, but we'll be done really quick. Um, it won't be as stressful as going to a vet. Um, and a lot of times they're appreciative that you warn them. Um, and I tell them there's usually a reason that there's not videos of me working on cats on my website. It's because it's not pretty. And they laugh. And um, it helps to make it funny instead of scary. Um, because a lot of pet owners, especially cat owners, um, you know, you need to tell them this ahead of time. Because they can be worried that you're hurting their animal. Um, but, you know, working on a cat, it's, it's always, they're always going to be making some kind of noise that they're not enjoying it. Right? So... Um, when you're working on a cat, I personally choose to use a towel. Some people use pillowcases. Um, other people use cat bags. I personally, um, have seen other people also buy cat muzzles. I personally cannot get a cat in a muzzle. They won't stay still long enough for me to do that. So a lot of times I'll just drape a sheet or a towel over them. Um, sometimes I will add some of my essential oils to the towel to make it smell inviting. But a lot of times I'll just use a towel from that house that smells like them. Um, or like a blanket or something like that, and I'll wrap them up, and I'll control the chaos. So I'll hold their head, I'll wrap up their feet, um, so that way they can't claw at me, and I will palpate and adjust through the towel. Um, it's a lot easier this way, and um, cats, for whatever reason, when you take away their sight, they freeze. Instead of fight or flight, they freeze. And um, 
I personally find that super beneficial because they don't know where you are. They don't know how to address um, what's coming at them. Um, so a lot of times you have um, a golden two to three minutes um, where they're still that you can work on them. Now, once you're done with the cat, I recommend that you let them go. Let them go do their cat things and then you go ahead and talk to the owner and you shoot the breeze and um, talk about um, how they're doing between appointments. Um, so that way um, the you and the owner are not stressing the cat out by making them feel like they have to hang out. Um, I personally have tried to give cats um, treats afterwards. It doesn't usually work. They always know something's fishy, something's going on. Um, but if, if you can, you can tell the owner to um, treat them before and after. Um, so that way they build a positive um, association with you being there. Um, so this podcast episode um, was definitely something that a lot of uh, trial and error helped um, me develop these protocols. Um, but it is important that you tell the owner it's it's going to be, i say it's a little cat rodeo um, when we're working on their animal. And if you close the doors and you use a towel and you minimize sensory overload, smell overload, and everything like that, it can make the experience so much better. And a lot of times you can get better results and the cat isn't as stressed out and provides the cat owner a great alternative to some of the other things that maybe their vet would have to do, like aunt, uh, shove a pill down their throat or change their diet. And, you know, the cat isn't interested in eating or, you know, really participating in life because they're in so much pain, right? So you provide a great outlet, a great integrative outlet for these pet parents and serving cats, although not easy, can be very, very rewarding. Some of my best patients have been cats. And I want to invite you to get out of your comfort zone. Use some of these tips and tricks that we talked about today um, to make them easier and make them, um, you know, more pleasurable for everyone involved. So um, if you have a moment, please let me know how I'm doing. Scroll down on um, however you're listening to this podcast and leave me a review. If you have an Instagram or Facebook, please join us at Making Strides for Animal Cairo. Also, I have a Facebook group, uh, Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. We'd love to have you. We're trying to grow this group of animal chiropractors and become a community so we can move this profession forward. And we'd love to have you and help you grow your practice. So until next week, we'll talk soon. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thanks for listening. My intention behind starting this podcast was to build awareness and promote our amazing profession. If you like what we're doing here, please like, share, or leave a review. Help us to spread this movement so we all can begin to take steps towards change. Let's make strides for animal chiropractic.